This is Agents Influence Podcast. If you don't have a prospect sheet, number one, get you one of those. I'm like, dude, get an X day list. I do not want any producer coming to me that I'm working with that says, I don't have anything to do today. If you've got at least 300 X dates in your pipeline, you've always got something to do. I know it sounds like a duh moment there, but yes, have a X date list, a prospect list, and then have a plan to go attack that list every single week, every single day for that matter, and stick to that. Accountability is the biggest piece that's missing as well in that, which is what I'm trying to tackle with this course. I'm Jason Cass, and we're going to help you think differently. Change your agency. Change your finances. Change your family. And in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. Welcome, you loyal listeners, to another episode of Agents Influence Podcast Conversations with Who? Cast Dog, right here. Today, I got my buddy on. on uh, you, you all know him. He's the mayor from Insurance Town. Um, you know, he's with the APP. I mean, this boy rolls deep everywhere. Uh, Mr. Heath Sharon. That's, I like to say it that way. It is just Sharon, right? But I like to say Sharon. I'm going to change it legally to Sharon just because I like the way you say it. But it right. is Sharon. Well, because sh- it's like Shay, right? S H E A, and then Sharon. Yeah, yeah. That's it how is. I Sharon. I like it. I like it. And 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 whether loyal listeners you like it or not, whenever he hears people, somebody in a crowd of a thousand people say he's Sharon. When we meet in Italy one time, he's going to say that's freaking cast. I'll be like, that's, that's cast dog say. right there. Yeah, that's right. No matter where it is, no matter oh, where yeah. it is, no matter where it is. I, I, I pictured us like saying it real quick though, Heath. I pictured us saying it like in the big square, like in, in France. I don't even know what it is. There's a big <laughs> statue in the middle and there's a big friend. Yeah. And I'm way over on this side and you're way over in a Sharon. You know, so yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm with you. Know. Cast dog. Yeah, that's why I like that's why I like doing these podcasts in the morning. You get the fresh Jason Cass. Not the five o'clock Jason right. Cass. All right, so here's what here's what we got today, loyal listeners. You, me, me, and the mayor. I've been on his podcast a couple times. He's been on my podcast a couple times. But what I wanted to do is I was sitting around and I was talking with uh, Heath. Heath and I are in a couple other groups, and we've got these little Facebook chats that we're in and stuff like that. And so I'm sitting there listening to Heath, and I'm ta- thinking to myself, like, loyal listeners, now, Heath, just give me a second so I can set this up. Uh, you got to understand that he's got thick skin. About two years ago, I really challenged him. I said, what, what makes you think you're a sales trainer? I said, what the hell makes you think that? Now, keep in mind, this is back in 2020, okay? Probably had a little sickness going on. But I said, what makes you think that you're a sales trainer? He said, Cass, I did this. I've done this. I've done this. And I started saying, okay, okay, okay. And one of those stories he told me about and somebody he told me about, about a year later, I happened to ask that person about uh, Heath and their experiences they have. Dude had nothing but great things to say. So it got me on my radar to say, maybe this guy is more than I've actually seen him to be, right? So over the last year, I've really paid attention. He's came to my brain share. Him and I've been involved very heavily. And when I run things by him, he doesn't realize that I am, well, he knows this, the commercial master. And what I'm doing is I'm running little things by him every so often. And I'm listening. I'm listening to what he says. And when he does, I'm thinking this knows something about commercial insurance. So 
I decided that I'm going to bring him on a podcast and I'm going to personally apologize to Mr. Heath Sharon because I have now decided that in my head after two years of many questions, many talking to people, searching the industry all around, that you actually know what the hell you're talking about when it comes to commercial insurance, Heath, and I'm freaking proud of you. Bro, I appreciate that. I appreciate that more than you know, man, because I needed that validation. You know, I'm a man of, I need the words of affirmation. I don't get enough at home, so I need it from you. I appreciate that. And then Kelly is a partner, loyal listeners, of Agency Intelligence. And when I say Kelly, uh, it was Kelly. Now it's it's Heath and the whole team. But Kelly specifically for this story, I said to her, I said, I said, Kelly, let me ask you a question. Can I can I see behind the scenes of this course? Can I see like the rough outline? Can I see how it is? And she said, of course, Jason. And I looked at it and I thought to myself, son of a gun. Not only does he know insurance, but he knows how to put together this course. Now, loyal listeners, I want you to know this is not about his course. This is about a love session and the secrets to commercial lines insurance that we're getting ready to divulge to you. But before you do, Mayor, give us a 30-second hit on this commercial course that you got. All right. I'll try to do as quick as possible, but I, I've been in the commercial, commercial industry my entire life from sales to marketing, the whole thing. And all the things that I've learned and gathered and, and taken in my head, I've spit out in this very course. And it's five, you know, I guess five steps. And then I broke it down to 10 courses or 10 videos throughout that. And it's everything from prospecting to closing the deal to developing niches to you name it. It's it's all it's all the things in one power packed course. Is that 30 seconds? I don't know. And you did. You did it. You did it in about 27 seconds. I was timing it. I really Boom. wanted to make a little counter. Hell yeah. So you did pretty good. See, once again, Heath delivering like he says he will. Sharon. So here's the deal. I mean, there are so many like different things that we could talk about when it comes to commercial insurance. But first of all, let's talk about the fact that commercial insurance has evolved. Evolved huge. The way that Cass was doing it in 2010, heck, 2015, is not the way Cass is doing it in 2022. Now, as you put together this course and as you're looking at all this stuff, were you amazed by how things are so different to when you were doing it? When were you selling commercial insurance? What year was that, Mayor? Oh, man. I started off in 2002. So uh, before Google, okay. I, I mean, I had a damn Me I had a damn phone book. You know, that was my, my lead level. They didn't have some of the stuff they have now. And I was actually door knocking, like... Straight up, yep. door knocking, calling on businesses, the whole nine. So way back in the day, and yes, things have evolved. And I never thought I would say that in our industry, especially. But now you can't. I mean, it has evolved. There's so many things that you have to consider and think about, especially when you're going into mm -hmm. commercial insurance. So, yeah, it's crazy. I think it's been right. propelled even further in the last five, six years. First of all, 2002 is when I started, which is great. That tells us that me and Heath have been in the same time. Um, and you are correct that there has been there has been a huge shift in the way that things have gone. So secret number one that I have found out to be true is that no matter how good of a salesperson you are, if you're a better prospector, you'll make it. Here's what I always tell my producers. If they say, well, you know, I need sales training and I need this. And yeah, you're going to get it. But here's the deal I say. If you can prospect really, really good and you're a terrible salesperson, you will still be successful because every once in a while there will be just shit falling off the tree, low hanging fruit. Heck, you're going to have an agent who messed up and you get the business because you knew how to get in front of them. 
But if you're a terrible prospector and a really good salesperson, you're going to have issues because you got to have someone in front of you. So the reason I always start by that is, is let's not put so much pressure on us as to what we need to do as a commercial salesman. Like, do I have all the coverages down? Do I know all this? Do I know all the ins and outs of everything their business does? That all helps. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that should stop you from picking up the phone and calling somebody. And I want to let you know, if you say to me, Cass, I'll sell anybody, but I'm a terrible prospector, you're in trouble. You've got to work on that prospecting because you've got to be in front of people. Heath, anything to add to that? No, I agree completely. I, I, uh, I'm not good at a lot of things. The one thing I was really good at was prospecting, cold calling. Number one, I had no fear. And I think you can't have that fear. you got to get there out there and go. just you know start somewhere. It's a law of numbers. Like you said... Every dog's going to have his day, you know, every squirrel gets a nut, whatever you mm -hmm. want to call it. It's just a numbers game. And my dad taught me, real quick it story, is. dad taught me early on in my life, because uh, I'm second generation, he you find your number, go out, knock as many doors as it takes for you to get at least one appointment. And if you do that every day, you're going to be able right. to close some of those. And so my number was 20. I would get out every day and decide, I'm not going home. I'm not getting in the bed tonight until I hit 20. And when I say cold calls, mine were drop-ins. So it'd be 20 drop-ins a day, mm -hmm. and I would go in. Sure enough, by about 15 or 16, I'd have an appointment. I'd just keep going because I hit 20, and that was my number. I think it's a law of numbers thing. Some people may be like, Heath, it took you 20? But yes, it did. Some people may take 50 or 100. So it's That's just one of those things, law of numbers. That's right. So I got out there and I did it, and that was the thing that kept me going throughout my entire career. 20 a day seems easy until you do that shit every day, right? First week, you talk to 100 people. Yeah. I mean, 20 is a lot, dude, and, and and good for you on that. Now, let's talk about this. What's the difference between why was yours drop-ins? Mine's not drop-ins. Mine's calls, specifically for you. What was your man, reason, man? Can you say no to this face? Hell no. Ah, fuck. I knew that was the answer. I knew it was the answer. <laughs> no, I really feel like I'm very good with people and, like, charismatic, and I can get anybody talking. And I tell people all the time, even through this course of, don't make it about insurance. If you walk in that place, I mean, the first thing I'm doing is looking around for something to compliment upon. Hey, great space here. Love it here. You get a lot of foot traffic here. Oh, man, it's cool lighting for Jason. Cool shirt, man. I really like that. Like, get people talking to you and get realizing, oh, this guy's not threatening. He's not coming in here for anything. And by the time I'm there five or ten minutes, they finally look at me like, what are you here for? What can I help you with? We've already laughed and talked and high-fived and the whole nine. I think I'm really good at that. And I can really break people down a little bit that way. And then I can get the appointment and come back and talk about insurance. But when I'm first there, it's more just about me being me. And I don't know. For me, a drop-in is better. That, if I'm no, on the phone, people get calls all day wow. long, in my opinion. And I think it takes guts and balls, excuse my language, to get out there in front of people. No, it does. No, it does take guts and balls. It's also very, very nerve-wracking, right, when you're calling somebody. Here's the reason why. We don't understand what the person is going to give us a response to. So this is something that is taught by, um, in fanatical prospecting by, um, oh shit, come on, Jason. Um, anyways, it'll come to me. Uh, I talk about him all the time on this podcast, uh, by fanatical prospecting. And what he taught about is that the people are scared of the answer, right? So when I say yeah, to you, Hey Heath, how are you doing? I'd like to have the opportunity to try and help you. A lot of people don't ask that because they're scared of the response. They don't know if he's gonna if they're gonna say yes, no. They have no idea. So we'd rather just not ask. We'd rather just not pick up the phone. Heath, though, loyal listeners, he's mastered this and found something out early. And the fact that if I'm on the phone, I've only got about fifteen to twenty percent 
uh, verbal action. The nonverbal is really what sells it. And so when you're face to face, they're getting that verbal and they're getting that nonverbal, which allows you to be also Heath for you to be able to see them because you may not know what they're going to say back, but if you can see them, it helps you feel more comfortable in the nonverbal actions that they're giving out to you. Once again, I just like to do a lot of a lot of reading about this kind of stuff because if you really think about that, it's what that is. Or anything to add to that? Yeah, I would just say know your superpower. Know what it is. Cold calling's not dead by any means on the phone. You can still do Hell that. No. Break them down, whatever. I use humor a lot in mine. You know, it might be knowledge. It might be, you know, whatever it might be. Story, sell, the whole thing. But find out what works for you. And if you can get them on the phone, by God, do it. I just like drop-ins better. Yeah. No, no, no. Dude, dude, I do. I do drop-ins as well. My reason for drop-ins, I, I like drop-ins. I feel as if I can get more on the phone. So if I get more on the phone, that would always be my thing. And and and, and loyal listeners, uh, the reason why he's telling you how I do it and how I do it, and there's other agents going, you guys are both idiots, listen to this, is because we all can do it different ways and it works. Bingo. What's important is... It, what's important is if you're getting into this business and you need to know, these are secrets. You know what, Mayor? The old guys and gals kept telling me how to do it in 2002, 2004, 2006. And I would and I would find out that a lot of times it just didn't work. And I would have to do like my own thing. But you know what I found out 10, 15, 20 years later? Almost everything that one of those older guys or gals told me is absolutely true. It's almost just like my parents, right? Didn't believe anything they said when I was in my teens and my 20s. And now I'm older going, oh shit, everything they said was correct. It's the same way here. Um, understanding a niche. I know a lot of times I felt I've, I've, I, I, uh, I, um, I pushed back on that. I don't need a niche. I can sell to anybody. And I think you can. But sure. to be a true professional and to be actually going after and saying, I'm a commercial person who is going to lock and load my education and go after something a secret, number two, number three of wherever we are, a secret is, is you have to have a niche. And this is so overplayed, Mayor. But why is this so important? Man, I, I think if you're talking to someone, whether it's a restaurant, HVAC, property owner, whatever it might be, and you could tell them, I specialize in what you do, that's going to give you such a leg up on anybody else as opposed to anybody else totally. come in and say, yeah, I write HVAC and I do restaurants and I do this and I do that. And they're like, how could you have time to specialize in any one thing? You and I talked about this about a year and a half ago on your show. Maybe it was in 2020 about when you have a foot problem, you don't go to you know a heart, heart doctor. When you have a heart problem, you don't nope. go to a podiatrist. So again, nope. we should do the same thing in insurance. We should be able to say, this is what I do. And that's what I did with HVAC. I developed a niche in HVAC and people are like, oh, why HVAC? Because it was the perfect premium, the perfect thing. And I was able to get involved in the association. I was able to develop, you know, uh, resources there. I was able to develop, you know, referral partners. I was at every damn HVAC meeting that there was in the association. I got in there. I got to know them. I even went on calls with them. I was crawling in crawl space. I was doing duct work at Dairy Queens in Little Rock. I was doing everything I could to learn. And then people start talking. Man, Heath went and did duck work with me the other day. He's a damn good insurance agent. This guy did this. He knows what he's talking about. Because I was at every single one of the meetings, I became an industry expert in HVAC. And then that led to plumbing, electrical, anything within the service industry. Mm -hmm. And I just think this sets you apart. How many of you? Jason at agency-intelligence.com. Jason at agency-intelligence.com. How many of you have done 
what Heath just said. Went to your customer and said, hey, I'd like to get uh, go out there with, out on the job with you guys. Dude, I, I bet you less than 1% of you guys have, but I bet you about over 50% of you loyal listeners listening to this have probably thought about it. I did it, um, I probably would have been, what have been, 04, 05 with railroad contractors. Went out on a, on a, with a railroad contractor, Clifford Matthews from Matthews and Sons Dirt Contractors. There were people asking, who's that guy over there? He kept saying, oh, he's the insurance guy, even though I was 24 years old and knew I was young as hell. And uh, come to find out, he, they, he ended up referring all of his friends to me. It's how I wrote railroad contractors. Dude. On August, thir- on August 13th of 2021, that was last year, I went to an assisted living facility, which is my largest client, $600,000 client. And I called him. I said, listen, I know you got a staff shortage. There's no, I saw, and I really did. I saw one of the supervisors taking out the trash, 14 locations. I said, why don't you let me take out the trash and let the supervisor actually help the people? They're the ones with the skills. And so that's what I did. So I went there and just the whole day took out trash. I got to watch them operate as how they move these assisted people in and out of the beds and everything. Gave me so much more of a clearer um, picture this year when we did renewal to be able to explain different things. So I want to encourage you call up one of your insureds and tell them that you want to come work for them. Just tell them that you want to see the oh, yeah. business, say you want to learn the business. No one's going to say no. They respect it is what they do. Good yeah. for you, Heath. Good no, for you're, you. You're exactly right. It helps you build, build your value prop. What are you going to bring to the table? Are you going to bring, you know, safety manuals? Maybe you noticed something on the railroad thing. Maybe I noticed something out there. We could do some training on that. Maybe it's employee handbooks because you noticed they're not doing this or that. Maybe it's some work comp, something or other, but whatever it might be. This is going to give you that opportunity. And I tell another story, if you can give me just a second. Um, when in my you course, can have as long as you want. It's my show. <laughs> Good. Well, I um, I talk about this a lot when I'm talking to people. There was times when I was prospecting. I'm talking the first drop-in. I'd be out there talking to them, and if they let me in for more than 30 seconds, I start taking pictures with my phone. You know, I start doing crap like that. And they start looking at me funny. But again, it's setting that mindset. I'm closing from the jump. And they're thinking, what is he there doing? You like, go. I just got to take some pictures now because my underwear is going to want that when I send this in. And I would make up shit. I would take pictures of like light, you know, like the light switches. I'm like, what do you need that for? Oh, you know, in insurance, we had to look at the electrical. I would make stuff up. And they're like, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. Or I'd take pictures of the fire hydrant, you know, uh, I'd take, not the fire hydrant, the fire extinguisher, sorry. The, mm-hmm. Whatever it might be, just to get those tag numbers, whatever. And I, I would be it. like, you know, I need this for the underwriters. And it's setting them up to thinking, oh, okay. And they're in their mind already thinking, this guy's my agent. This guy's already, mm-hmm. it was just a little mind, you know, the word is. Uh, and so I would just use that ah! a lot. Yeah. And it helped me a lot. And I would do the same thing on job sites. When I'm out there, for example, Dairy Queen, I'm crawling around doing ductwork, learning about HVAC while I'm there. And the guys over there dairy, that own the Dairy Queen or the managers of Dairy Queen and wondering what I'm doing, I end up writing that damn Dairy Queen. Because there I'm in there go, and they're man. like, what do you, I was like, I'm working with my client out here. I'm learning the HVAC industry, blah, blah, blah. But happened to me, another niche of mine was restaurants. I'd never done fast food. Mm-hmm. I did then. And that guy happened to own two Dairy Queens. So I wrote both of them. Again, it's just a matter of just getting out there and doing the work. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. 
Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. It's not that difficult. We're out there on the track. We're out there on the track, and 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 they said we got to do this and this and this because these tampers are having a hard time. And I heard him say it a couple times, and I so finally I said to one of the guy, "What the hell is a tamper?" And the guy said, "Oh man, the tamper." He says it does this. It tamps down the track. Does this whole thing. Starts telling me about it. And I'm like, "Oh, well." Next time I'm talking to a railroad contractor, I noticed that they would put these tampers because they uh, they had moving wheels and stuff and would roll on the tracks. They would put them on the auto policy. But you actually could put it over on the Inland Marine and get a way less rate and you didn't need any, and the liability was off anyways because it didn't have any financial responsibility. So I would call these people and I would say, hey, by the way, do you have a tamper? Yeah. Hey, I want to ask you a question. Do you have that on your auto policy? And they'd be like, well, yeah, they do. Well, actually, you need to have that over here. So many people told me, they were like, when you called in and their first three sentences on the phone with me, you mentioned a tamper. I knew immediately that you knew something about what I did. Because so you when niched. you're going out, you're niched, right? It's about being in that Dairy Queen and looking and noticing that these... Um, these uh, the, these guys, these contractors use a certain tool, right, that only HVAC guys use and knowing the name of that, you know, and finding out about that because I'm bringing that up to my next HVAC guy, right? Um, that's what I'm going to do. And if that tool is a really, really unique tool and maybe it's 20 or $30, I might buy one for my next prospect or one. Yeah, it's about, it's about speaking their language. It's about speaking their language. It is, man. And, it is. You, know, you talked about closing. I want to get to closing because, golly, we're already 20 minutes into this. Heath. We can go forever on this. Our loyal listeners, I told them that we wanted to go 20 to 30 minutes. As you know, I try to keep them shorter as right. of the year 2022 going forward. But let's talk about closing. Here's yeah. the thing that I think is wrong about closing. The word. Okay. Closing. The word closing assumes that we're doing something at the end. Yeah. And I think that is the problem. Tell them about it, Mayor. Tell them about no. How if you, if you think you're at the end and you're going to close, you already missed the opportunity. Tell no, you're exactly it. right. You're exactly right. Two or three things I'll say about that. And, you know, number one, I think you should always be, quote, closing from the jump. I mean, the, the like I told you earlier, from the moment I step in that building or I'm on that phone call, I'm assuming the sale all the way through and making sure that they think of me already as their agent. And then on top of that, you know, I think throughout the process, you've got to build the value and look for ways all the way through to add value back to them so they feel like, oh, and they can vision themselves working with you all the way through. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, you don't have to be like put on the hard clothes of this or that. It's just a simple thing of, do you want to do this EFT or do you want to do it by this? Or do you want me to send it to you in DocuSign or what? It's like a simple, you don't have to ask a question. You can just pretty much assume it's a done deal and use language throughout the entire thing. And we talk about this in the course of, you know, using that language to assume that sale of, you know, I'm going to be taking care of you on this or this, or here's the things we will be doing, or here's this or mm-hmm. that. And then again, it's just a simple, you know, getting that trust and showing that value and assuming the sale from the very beginning. Now there's different closing techniques that Tons people of use. 
And I talk about that in the course, and I even highlight four or five of them. But at the same time, I'm like, you got to figure out what works for you. If you're mm-hmm. a wedge guy, great, good for you. Use that wedge thing. Now, I'm sure it works great for you. If you're an assume to sale guy like me, go for it. Whatever that's that technique you use, be consistent throughout and be authentic to you. If you're, I, not I was the, never able to do right. the the one. What did you say you were? That you were the uh, assumption close. I was. I could never do. I could never do the assumption. I just, I try, you know, they would teach me, especially when I was selling windows, like you just start asking for it. Well, okay, let's go ahead and get this financing done. When I, I used to sell windows before I did this yeah. and you would just go right into it. And I just don't think I was good at it. I, I couldn't do it. And then they had the Columbo. Now the Columbo yeah. was one that I was taught by some old dudes, right? Dude, Where my he's dad was the master of Columbo. A Columbo. Yeah. Oh, one more thing. You know what I mean? He, he come right back in. Columbo was oh, the yeah. shit. Uh, by the way, for all you young kids out there, Columbo was like a detective show and he would try to do all this. So go check that out. I mean, seriously, even for me, he was, I was, I was little when I was watching Columbo, little, little, little. So dude, Columbo was just so unassuming. And I think that's huge mm-hmm. using in commercial. You don't want to come in looking like, like some, like, I don't know, somebody that's uh, like assuming like it's going to be intimidating, so to speak. You want to yeah. come in unassuming you're their friend, you're their partner, you're their whatever, not mm-hmm. some intimidating gangster with a briefcase. Colombo was was always asking questions. Every question yep. he asked actually had a reason, but he seemed yeah. real dumb about it, right? Like I don't know. Uh, uh, explain to me over here about this, right? Yep. And, and the whole time he knew it was going on. Here's what I try to do. I try to make him not be a liar. <laughs> so okay. what I what I figured out a long time ago was that if I could make the person give me a commitment up front, they would have to be a liar at okay. the end. So okay. it's one of those, if I could do this, 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 and this, then would you do business with me? Exactly. And so okay. I tied I like them that. down at the beginning. So, so you know, we're going through the pain points, if I could relieve these pain points, yep. right? Um, oh, and then, and this is what the old guys used, always used to tell me, old guys yeah. and gals used to always tell me, and I never did it. And then I started doing it and shit started working. Um <clears throat> And it was, uh, if I can give you a better, if I can give you a good price, competitive coverages, blah, 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 blah. Um, would you be able to make me your agent? Right. And then they'll laugh or they'll say, well, I don't know. No, no, now here's the deal, Jimmy. I'm going to expect you to move out of your agent's house and move in with me is actually what I'm expecting. I'll say some shit like that every time and they'll laugh and da da da. But I want them to get the understanding of what I'm saying here. And they'll say, you know what? Yeah, if you give me a good competitive price with good coverages, yeah, I can I'm I'm gonna give you the business. And this is where Columbo would come in sometimes. We would say, well let me ask you one more question because I've had many times where people have said that to me. Um and maybe something changed. I had this guy just the other day, I was able to give him good pet- competitive price, good coverages, and I saved him like nine, ten, fifteen percent. And he says to me, he says, Jason, he says, That's not enough savings. And I looked at him and I said, If I would have saved you twenty percent, would that have been enough? And he said, Yes, that would have been enough. Well, Gosh, not known to know it. If I could have went back to my customer or my a my carrier, they owe me a favor. I could have got them to do it. And everybody can say what they want to say, Heath, about this. But this is all the truth. We control the price. We can get the price we want. I just need them to tell me where we need to be. And nine times out of ten, they're going to say to me, "Yeah, if you can save me twenty percent good competitive price, yeah, I'll make you my agent." Okay. Now, if they didn't say that, I'm going to run it back and make them say that. And then when they say it, I just close the deal. 
because I know I'm going to be able to get it. Loyal listeners, does that mean I close the deal 100% of the time? No, 50 to 70% of the time. Because shit happens. Things get thrown in there and stuff. But here's what it ha- has happened. When I don't get the deal, they'll even come back to me, Heath, and they'll say, now I told you that if you gave me a good competitive price and you saved me 20% that I was going to go with you. But here's something that happened. And I usually already know about that. I'm like, yeah, no big deal. You're off the hook. But that has, to me, has always been a very huge factor in getting people because I'm going to close then. And the, here's the last thing I want to say. This is what a, a, um, a mentor of mine told me that was so smart one day. He said, the questions will get asked and the questions will get answered. It's up to you to when that's going to be. So I'm going to ask all these hard questions. Um, another hard question. What's your current relationship with your agent? That's it. That's one. No one ever wants to ask that you should be asking that in the first 10 minutes. And, you know, and that's the one that they want to ask, because when I find that out differently at the end, I can hold them to that. So these are some of those things. No, you're right. And I was going to say one of the things, again, going back to me, I I use humor, humor a lot. And you talked about that a minute ago. I would sometimes even say something to the effect of what's it what's it going to take to get your guy fired? What do I do to get him fired? And they knew, first of all, they knew I'm in business. Number two, they would kind of laugh about it and be like, man, I really like Jason. He's a good dude. He's like, well, a good dude's not going to give you the best price or the best coverage or the best this. Or my favorite, people ask me this all the time about objections. Would they say they've been with their agent for 20 years? Like, well, that sounds like that dude's been in the business a long time. He's probably about to retire. Let's look at working with me. You know, let's mm-hmm. look at whatever or something that usually get them laughing. Like, he's probably really old. Da, da, da. I was like, well, you know, whatever. Unless they're like me and you and got in when we were in diapers. But I get it. Okay. Okay. All that, by the way, loyal listeners was great. Use all that. That so, was good stuff. Uh, loyal listeners, if I can, one more. Can I get one more point in? Okay. As long as you want, buddy. Okay. So one. I know we got to wrap it up quick, but one of the things we talked about because we went through the clothes, we went through things, but one of the things I think is the most overlooked thing in commercial insurance. I want to hear your thoughts on this too. I may take the the host role for a second. I um, I think working with the underwriter is so huge in uh, mm. in commercial insurance. I have a whole section devoted to this because I think we overlook that a lot. I think it comes down to understanding what they want, how they want it, setting the expectations, and you know, putting together you know, because you have to not only sell it to your client, but you also got to sell it to the carrier, and you got to make sure that underwriter trusts you. And people yep. that overlook that or mm. don't take that seriously, they really miss the boat on commercial insurance because that is different than personal lines. You actually get to develop a relationship with the underwriter, and I promise you, you can ask some of my former underwriters. I would sometimes send flowers, chocolates, you know, gift cards, you know, all birthday kinds of things. cards, birthday cards, all kinds of things to my underwriters. Mm-hmm. Say, hey, thank you so much for doing this bottle of champagne, whatever it might be, just to be like, dude, thank you so much for helping me on this and developing that rapport. But I think it starts and ends with understanding what they want, how they want it, and setting those expectations early. Because a lot of times, different under, I've worked on the carrier side. I've seen underwriters, different desks, they want it different ways. They want different mm-hmm. appetites. Even though they work for the same company, this underwriter may love HVAC. This underwriter may hate them. This lady mm-hmm. may love this. This guy may hate that. So, again, I think it's understanding that and understanding their expectations of how quickly they want it, all of those things. Yes. No, you're exactly right. I'm, th- I'm glad you brought that up. If you're new to commercial insurance or you're trying to get going, listen to what he just said. You have to sell the customer, but you have to sell the company more than anybody. The customer, a lot of times, will say yes. The company's the one that's going to say no a lot of times. So you really, really have to do that. Um, We had it inside of Rocket Referrals. Now we have it inside of our agency Zoom automation to where we have our underwriters, not all of them, just majority of them, 
we have them in our birthday greetings. So they get any of birthday greetings that we get. Um, and we, I used to, not anymore, but when I was really rolling and rolling, I would uh, send them actual handwritten birthday cards. And that blew their mind. No agent does that. And it creates a relationship that when you need something, they're going to give it to you. Heath, I'm so then, glad because that was not one of the things that I had written down. Well, yeah, your relationship with back. the underwriter is freaking huge. It is. You can go back to that underwriter once you develop that relationship. Be like, hey, I need 15% on this. I need some credits here. And they trust Old Cast Dog. Or they just like Old Cast mm-hmm. Dog. So you send them a birthday right. card. The right. last thing I'll say on the underwriter, and then I'll let you wrap it up if you want to, is the the, the narrative. I, I think a good narrative. And some people are against narrative. Some people are for them. I'm for a good narrative to talk about. You know, just a quick little blurb about the account that goes along with the accords and the supplementals and all that crap. Just to say... You know, they've been in management this long. Here's the claims. This is why they've had these claims. This was shock loss. It wasn't. You can talk about the training mm-hmm. stuff you're going to put in place to help them to get better, to be like, yeah, they had this loss, but I'm going to put in this training to prevent that. I'm going to go through and do a property pre-inspection before you even get out there so I can take care of this. It, you know, I think you put that in a narrative and help them understand, and the underwriter can tell you real quickly. That was the other thing I tell all my underwriters. Tell me no as fast as you can so I can That's move on right. to the next one. So if you can get that narrative out there, let them take a quick peek. Oh, this looks really good, or this doesn't. And I've talked to underwriters after. I changed a lot of people's minds on those narratives. Actually, I didn't. My CSR did. But mm-hmm. to be able to have that narrative, unbelievable. Last D-double-O is what we call them. D-double-O is what we call them. Description of operations. I'll tell that that's one of the oh. things that you got to have. Because yep. I, tell, I tell my producers this. In Chicago, there is some guy or gal that is sitting on the 87th floor inside of a cubicle who has never seen any of the things that you're trying to explain to them <laughs> that they need yeah. to put all, they need to put millions of dollars on the line, you know, in Minsta and multiple locations. You got to paint the picture for them. I mean, I'll be honest with you. If you want to get really good, you print off the Google Maps if it has many buildings on it and you you number those buildings out. The more that you can paint this picture, I tell my clients all the time, the more I know about your business, the better the price I'm going to give you. And I explain to my customers, doesn't that make sense? Like if I was saying to you, hey, I want you to insure something and it's just a big pile of junk, you're like, well, I don't know what I'm insuring. You're going to get a higher amount. If I say, no, it's going to be this, 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 and this, and you know what it is, then you're going to get it. So I need to get as much as I can. I'm so glad you threw that underwriter in there because that that is, that is a crucial piece. That is a crucial yes. freaking piece. And, and listen to the mayor and the cast dog on that. Don't lie to your underwriter either. No, don't do get not lying. <laughs> don't get caught lying. Do not get caught lying. And then also you might want to look at some stuff out there. Michael Zell, Z-E-L-L-E for Yellowbird. Um, there's somebody who like, let's say you have a really large account, 30, $300,000, $400,000 account, and you really want to impress the carrier, go pay a thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars and have them do a full loss control. And they put it into a, a report with pictures and everything and give that to the company. I did that with my largest account. I used drone base. It was during 2022 in April. I could not go to the account. I had drone base go there with their drones and they did these inspections, package it up, sent it to West Bend. The commercial lines underwriter called me uh, manager and he said, 
who did this for you? Did you do this? And I said, no, 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 no. This was drone based. He told me that the reason why they ended up writing it was because of the inspection, because they could see that. There's a company out there called Yellowbird. Be sure to check them out. You're going to hear a lot about them in the coming uh, months and years because they're somebody that we're starting to use. So we're going to get off of here, but I've got one other thing, one other tip that I want to give to somebody. Did you have anything you wanted to say, Mayor? No, no. I'm just going to say okay, kudos now, to you on that. Yeah. So, so we have the, um, how do I write more revenue per account? How do I write more revenue per account, Jason? I, I can't do these five, I can't do 20,000 like Carruthers does. I can't do 30,000 revenue per account like Charles Speck does. I, Cass, I can't even do 10,000. That's the rule in our agency, 10,000 in revenue. So here is the rule. And I figured this out and loyal listeners. Now this is deep. This is tough. You're going to have to write this down. Be sure to hit record, even though you're already listening to a recording. Here is what you have to do. If you say, if you said to yourself, Jason, every one of my accounts, I want it to be $2,500 in revenue or above. What's the one thing that I could do that would make that happen? $2,500 in revenue or above. I'm going to tell you how to do it right now. You're going to go to any of your salespeople, and if you're the salesperson, you're included here, and you're going to look at their prospecting sheet list that they have, whether that's in the management system or they're keeping it on Excel or they got it sitting on their desktop, and I want you to mark off any account that doesn't have at least $2,500 in revenue or above. And then on that sheet, you can only put clients on there that have revenue of $2,500 or above. And I promise you, you will write nothing but accounts of twenty five hundred or above. I love that. Now you guys, and- now you, now you guys are all driving down the road, going, "Cass, are you serious? That's the fucking secret." Yeah, it is the effing secret, well, and the reason the- is, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, those accounts run around the other accounts the same size, and so once you start writing one or two of those, and they start talking, you know, you're not gonna have an account with twenty five hundred or more in revenue hanging out with some. Five hundred dollar no. bot, uh, some no, very premium. So they want to hang with people like them. My producers are so so so. Jason, if if your producer has an auto body shop that wants them to write them and it's a and it's a five thousand in premium or ten thousand in premium, are you telling me that you're going to tell them to walk away from that? No. Here's what their rule is. One simple rule: you cannot prospect anybody who's less than ten thousand in revenue. Means on your sheet, there could be no one that you're picking up the phone that you have in our marketing and your in our marketing campaigns. You're picking up the phone. You're not doing voice drops for these people. But if your buddy calls you and says, "Hey man, would you help me with my Dairy Queen just down the road?" or "Would you help me with this or that?" Yeah, go go do that. But I want to let you know that this is what David Carruthers taught me. And I remember him giving me this secret and I thought it was something going to be great. And then he told me and I was like, duh, I took my prospecting sheet and I eliminated everybody who was less than 10,000 in revenue. And I I swear, I think I if I had 50 people on that sheet, I had like five people left. Right. So then I had to go build my prospecting sheet for that. So come up with your minimum premium. Go to your producers in your office and say, eliminate anybody who's less than. Now, how would you figure that out revenue wise? Let me give you an example. Ours is 10,000 in premium. That's usually 75,000 or more in premium, 10,000 in revenue. 
okay, is usually 75,000 in premium or more because usually around 12%, 15% of 75,000 is going to be close to 10. And usually if the workers comp is 75,000, usually the whole rest of the book is going to put that over it. So you need it. So we call a big fish in our office, 75,000 in premium to 150,000 in premium. And we call a whale 150 to 450. And that's where the producers have to fish. And so I want you to do something just like that in your agency. Come up with $1,000. You $1,000 in revenue, we'll just say roughly is 10,000 in premium. No one that your producers are can be quoting or can be prospecting is less than 10,000 in premium. That's a lot of people, folks. But that right there is how you can start slowly bringing up that revenue threshold. Revenue thresholds build margins. Margins build balance sheets. Balance sheets build your assets, and your assets give you the life that you freaking want. Heath, turn it over to you and as we close up and leave. Okay. First of all, what you said, another duh statement I'll give you is if you don't have a prospect sheet, number one, get you one of those. So many agents out there I go see, I'm like – where do you keep up with your X dates? What are you talking about? Are you serious? You don't have an X date list? I'm like, dude, get an X date list. And my suggestion that I mentioned in the course is at least 300 X dates should be all the time in your list, in your pipeline. You say it. I, do, mm-hmm. I do not want any producer coming to me that I'm working with that says, I don't have anything to do today. Bullshit. If you've got, sorry, if you've got at least 300 <laughs> X dates in your pipeline, you've always got something to do. And so kudos to you for that. I know it sounds like a, a duh moment there, but yes, have a X date list, a prospect list, and then have a plan to go attack that list every single week, every single day for that matter, and stick to that. Accountability is the biggest piece that's missing as well in that, which is what I'm trying to tackle with this course. Thank you, Cash, for letting me come on and talk about the course for a little bit, talk about commercial, talk about my Where can passion. they find out more information about that, bro? Uh, agencyperformancepartners.com, or you can email me. Heath at agencyperformancepartners.com. And, uh, you know, we put out lots of marketing material. If you know Kelly at all, she's a machine when it comes to social media. So you can find us anywhere on social media. Find me on whatever. I just now started doing TikTok, which has been super cool. Um, TikTok's so, fun. Dude, it really is. I, I was really scared of it for a long time. I got out of my comfort zone and did it. Um, so thanks to my, my good okay. friend, Regan Brandt. Do you know Regan Brandt? You got to get to know her if you don't already. I don't know Regan Brandt. Dude. Great uh, name, though. Sounds like she yeah. should be a movie star or something. Dude, Lost Runs Pro. She's unreal. Yeah. But anyway. Oh, yeah. Okay. I know her. Yeah. Lost Run Dude. Pro is the bomb. Oh, my God. Jeez. Speaking of commercial insurance, I don't know how you do it without that. And then Canopy Connect right now in their beta, they've got their commercial yes, uh, product out there where we're going to be able to pull commercial deck pages. Um, that was a hell of an episode the other day. Sorry. It I was. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, it, dude, he he's good. No, no, no. He I, really I, is. I, 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 Tolga is a good dude. Tolga is a good dude. He understands the insurance business. A lot of insure tech people don't. He does. So as we wrap up here and as I close out, I hope that we gave you, I mean, seriously, Heath, we're going to do this in a couple more months. We're going to do part two um, because we did. We gave you guys a lot of great secrets. There's just a lot of great talk. There was a lot of stuff that if you've been an agent for a while, you're going, are you kidding me, guys? Who doesn't know this? A lot of people don't. Okay. Number one, there's a lot of people that are new that are getting into our industry. Number two, there's a lot of 20, 30, even 40 year olds, maybe 52, who have been personalized their whole life and they're realizing the change and they're getting into per- commercial insurance. And that's why you need to go check out Agency Performance Partners and you need to check out this little course that uh, 
the mayor did over here and he created it. As I told you earlier, I have seen it. I think it's very impressive and uh, good for you. The last thing I want to admit to you is fanatical prospecting was by Jeb Blunt. Um, I apologize. I could not freaking think of that. Um, I've read that book twice. I encourage you guys to read it. If you know Jason Cass or if you've listened to me enough, you know that I love laws, right? Not like like laws. I like the break laws, like, you know, if it's a speeding law or something, but I'm talking about like the laws of the universe. I love to, I, I say this all the time. The best book I've ever read is the 21, 21 irrefutable laws of leadership by John C. Maxwell. And the reason why his pop book is so good is because he says that, uh, he gives you laws. And I say that if you know those laws, you can tell the future. By understanding the laws of how leadership are and how people react, by the things that you do, you can be able to understand what they're going to do in response to it. Or if they're doing something, you then can be able to know why they're thinking and what they're thinking, maybe what their next action is, okay? It's a beautiful book. I absolutely love it. And one of the things that I love about Jeb Blunt is he, inside his book, he gives laws of prospecting. He gives the law of return, the law of the, he gives all kinds. And one of the things that he gives is called the law of replacement. And Heath just made me think of this. And the law of replacement says this for all you prospecting. Here's the last secret and the last tidbit I'm going to leave you. He says that if you have 30 prospects, and let's say that you have a 10% closing ratio and you have 30 prospects that you're going after. And the very first one that you pick up the phone and call says, yep, I'll buy. You have 30 prospects. You have a 10% closing ratio that you have measured over time. And you, the first person you call says, yep, I will buy. Jeb's next question to you is how many prospects do you have left? And as you think about that, loyal listeners, you had 30 prospects, 10% closing ratio. First one said, most people would say, well, I have 29 prospects. Jeb would say you have 20 prospects because if you've been measuring and you've been tracking your numbers over time and you know solidly that you have a 10% closing ratio and the first person you called, that means that you're not going to all of a sudden get a bunch of more people on average you now really only have 20 people. The reason why he calls this the law of replacement is, is he says that if you make a sale, you don't need to replace your, your supply with one. You need to go add 10 to it. Now, some people would say, well, then I'd have 39 people. Yes, but the numbers don't lie and they say that you only close 10%. So the number, the truth of the matter is here is make sure that you're always replenishing with way more than you think. And the only way you can think is by actually tracking the numbers and know what you do. So I really thought that that was beautiful. Check it out, Fanatical Prospecting. If you're trying to get a prospector who needs to learn how to prospect, you need to read this book. As I said before, if you're a great prospector and a terrible salesperson, then you're going to make a mint because you're going to make, you're going to get in front of a lot of people. And then Heath's course is going to help them become a better salesperson. I really appreciate you, Mr. Mayor. I re really appreciate you and your name, Sharon. And this has been Cass and we are out. Hey agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good. Terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner and I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do. 
because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.